0: Welcome to the Sock Valley Spotlight Podcast, where we shine a light on the people and places of the beautiful Sock Valley. In each episode, we highlight the hidden gems and untold stories of local businesses, community leaders, and the people that call the Sock Valley home. I'm your host, Drew Williams, and today I'm joined by Skip Lee, who's just recently been serving us as mayor of Sterling. Skip, thanks for joining us on the show. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, Skip, can we just start off, which is a quick intro. Who are you? Who do you love? Give us a snapshot.
1: Well, you know, I tell people I'm Skippy. I mean, that's uh, people, you know, because I'm mayor sometimes wonder about that, or I was a teacher. You know, I'll, I'll put it to you this way my favorite hymn is Just As I Am. Mm. And uh, uh, I'm just Skipply and what you see is what you get, mm. <laughs> which in this day of politics is probably a little unusual. But, you know, I've. Uh, uh, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a grandpa, which I love being a grandfather, and uh, been involved in the community. And I'm just me. Absolutely. You know? Now, who do I love? My family, my God, and my community. Mm. Those are my three. Mm. You know,
0: and uh, uh, I'm richly blessed in all three of them. Absolutely. So, so as 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 we stand re- recording right now, you are still serving. Um, as mayor of Sterling, although you the 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 timeline has been set, you have a, a few short weeks here yet until you you hand over the keys. Um, but tell us a little bit of the story of Skipley. What what brought you to where you are now? Kind of give us a little bit of that journey. <laughs>
1: How many hours do you have? Yeah. Well, you know, it I tell people that I am a, a Navy brat and corporate gypsies kid. Okay. My uh, dad was a Naval Academy graduate, class of forty eight. Uh, submarine officer. Mm. And so we moved around with the with the Navy. Uh, we also moved around when he left the Navy and got into the corporate world as an electrical engineer, we moved around quite a bit. So I've lived in a community as small as Arcola, Illinois, which is south of Urbana, about 2,000 people. Mm. And I went to school in uh, New York City and Rockaway Beach. New York. So mm. I've been there, and everywhere I've been before I've been in Richmond. I've lived in Virginia, Buffalo, New York, a whole bunch of places. So we settled in Central Illinois, and I went to Arcola, Illinois. Went to the high school there. Um, went to the Naval Academy. Found out that God's path did not include my being a submarine officer. I see. And was brought me back into uh, education. So I went to Eastern
0: mm.
1: in Charleston. From there, uh, my family had moved back to California. Uh, Originally, my mother was from San Diego. And uh, the funny thing was, you've seen the movies where the family driving away and the little kids waving out the back window of the car. Yeah. Well, that was my brother when my parents moved back to California. I can still remember standing where I lived in Charleston and my brother waving so I was basically on my own, except wow. for vacation times when I went back to California. Wow. So I, I, after college, I went back to Arcadia, hmm. and uh, I love California. I love Southern California. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like snow. Let me tell you again, I don't like snow. And, uh, you know, people say, well, how do, you, how do you deal with Christmas with no snow? I said, real easily, golf shirt,
0: yep. shorts, flip-flops. Surf's up, dude. There are places that that is an easy way to celebrate Christmas. Yeah.
1: And the lights twinkle just as nicely through the palm trees. But anyway, though, so then um, I was planning on staying in California, but I was still applying for jobs. And one came up in Rock Falls. Hmm. I had no idea where this part of Illinois was. When I grew up, Illinois came from basically Springfield over to Urbana and up. To Chicago, and that's it. That was it. This part yeah. of Illinois was kind of like uh, the frontier. You know, there were Apaches and yeah. and forts out of here. That's as much as I, I remember looking up where in the Delo's Rock Falls. So I came here. Um, the super, the principal was a man by the name of Phil Hot, a wonderful man, mm. and uh, he said, "Well, if you match, because I was going to have to come back from California for the interview. In those days, unlike today." There were a hundred science teacher applicants for every job.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Now you're lucky if you can find a hundred science teacher applicants yeah, statewide, right? So uh, jobs were you're pretty tough. So anyway, so he said if you match your papers, you can. You'll. I'll give you the job. So I came back, uh, interviewed. In fact, he had me for supper that night with he and his family, and uh, I came to Rock Falls. And stayed here. Okay, when was that? That was in the fall of 1972. All right, so 51 years ago, and uh, I had opportunities to leave, but I couldn't leave. The people here are so wonderful. You know, when I came to Rock Falls, it had that small town feel. Yeah, with the large town opportunities. Right, and so you know, people people took me in. Uh, there was a Garmin family that treated me like I was one of their kids. Mm. And even though I was a teacher for one of their kids, but it was one of those things that the community just welcomed me in. Um, and the, the way that people would talk about, oh, yeah, she's a Jones, but remember her grandfather was a Reinhardt yes. who married a Wilhelms. Yes. And it was like, in a town this size? Yeah. So um, I never left. I, I uh, stayed here. Uh, when, and then we had a family. You know, when, when, My wife was from uh, LaGrange, a suburb of Chicago. Okay. So she came out here and we got married. And uh, the rest, so they say, is history. So we've been here a long time. But it's it's always been the community. It's always been the people yeah.
0: that kept me here. So what was the transition then from education into now recently serving in Public office? <laughs> well, I've always
1: been a political junkie. Mm. My great uncle was a U.S. Senator from North Carolina. Okay, so you come by it honestly. So po- politics has always been a, a part of our, our family. Yeah. Um, now, my father's family comes from Western North Carolina, and um, I've seen the best and the worst of the old South. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But politics was always a big part of the family. And um, when I became a teacher, I was involved in the political action committee for the Illinois Education Association. I see. So I've always been interested in politics. I about six years before I retired, there was an opening on the council, city council, and I'd been on library board. And I didn't like the person who was being bantered about as the replacement for a vacancy. Mm. So I've always believed, well, you don't do you don't just gripe. You, you yeah. propose a solution. Yeah, you step so up. So I went to the city manager, who was a uh, neighbor of mine, and he said, hey, uh, tell me about the city council opening, because I really enjoyed being on the library board. That's a great gig. Mm. And so he talked, and he said, why don't you come down and talk to the mayor? Um, and so, and ironically, the mayor at that time was Ted Egan, and he said, what, well, do you want to be mayor? <laughs> I said, Ted... I want to be, first, I want to learn how to be a councilman. Yeah. Mayor is not on my radar. Yeah. and One well, um, step at a time. So, well, the, the funny thing was that, you know, Rock Falls and Sterling are rivals. Yes. And I was in the athletic world. Mm. So if somebody had ever said to me that I'd have ever been anything in Sterling, <laughs> it would have been funny. So as it turned out, when I was getting ready to retire, Amy Vering was mayor and said, hey, I'm only going to run for one, keep do the one term. Would you replace me? Mm. So I went home, and I talked to my wife, and I prayed about it because I was retiring for a purpose. Yes. So I went in, and I talked to the city manager and said, oh, what's involved? Oh, a couple of hours, twice a week. He lied. He lied. Scott Schumart, I love you, but you lied. But anyway, (laughs) um, so I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. So I ran for mayor. Got elected. Yes, if you had said to me when I came here in 1972, someday you'll be the mayor of Sterling, I'd have said, I don't know what you're smoking, but get me some way yeah. up because that's good stuff. And uh, so, you know, transitioning from library board and council to mayor was a nice transition. And also, it's city government because it's not partisan. Mm-hmm. The emphasis is on service, yes. it's on making the place better. Right. And so consequently, see, I don't do partisan politics very well. And, you know, in fact, somebody once asked me if I'd ever consider Congress. And I said no, and the reason for that, besides the frantic lifestyle, sure, I said, you know, I, uh, I've been pretty much a Democrat all my life. But while well, I was raised. I tell people I was raised a Dirksen Republican. Mm. But anyway, I said. Um, if I got elected, if God had a sense of humor, mm. and I got elected to Congress, by the end of the second week, Nancy Pelosi would hate me as much as Dick McCarthy did. Sure, sure. <laughs> so anyway, though, so that you know, that was the transition, and I've been very fortunate because I have a wife who's been very supportive. Mm. I've had opportunities. Uh, I've been blessed because somewhere, someone taught me that if you're given an opportunity, grab it. Mm. You know, you, you can fail. And like everybody else, I've had my share of failures. But you take that opportunity and go with it, especially if, if it's something you can do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take an opportunity to operate on your brain today because, no, I, I'm obviously not qualified. Right. So anyway, so that, that brought me into the mayor's office. And it's been a great gig. I've, you know, I've, I've been honored um, it's time for me to go. You know, mm. Rahm Emanuel was a very controversial person mm. uh, as mayor of Chicago. And I didn't agree with many things that Rahm Emanuel said, but he did say one time being mayor is the job of a lifetime, not a lifetime job. Mm. And i you know, that's been in my head for a long time that, you know, there, there, there is a season for everything. You know, Ecclesiastes isn't all wrong. true. So yeah. uh, so consequently, um, you know I felt that I had accomplished the things that I could easily or that I could accomplish and new ideas are good things. so I yeah. didn't run
0: again and uh, so now I'll move into a new playground. Yeah, yeah. What um, are, are you able to talk about kind of what what you you have on, on the horizon for yourself? Aside from maybe a couple of naps, <laughs> why nap
1: now? It's uh, I just try not to do the Ronald Reagan and fall asleep during a meeting. Oh dear. Um, well, I'm currently the senior warden, which is basically the church board president at Grace Episcopal Church. Okay. Uh, for even though I didn't stay at the Naval Academy, I've been part of the admissions process for about 34 years. Mm. So, if a young person is going to the Naval Academy. I'm part of—I deal with the students. I'm also on Senator Durbin's selection committee. Mm. Um, in fact, we have a, a young man going to the Naval Academy from Sterling this year. Mm. So um, uh, so I being mayor is constrained. There's more ways I can be active. Sure. So I'm going to get much more active there. Uh, there's some local charities I've been interested in working with. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun—funny because— Every time I think, oh, I'm going to sit on the porch and smoke my pipe and play my guitar and watch traffic go by, God comes and says,
0: no, you're not. Yeah. Well, what about <laughs> this new idea? Yeah, yeah. What
1: about this new idea? And so, uh, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to spend more time with, with my wife. I mean, yes. uh, I'm going to be 73. Uh, I used to think that was horribly old. My perspective has changed that opinion. Sure. Uh, And I'm, you know, my wife and I are in good health, but I realize that my days are not uh, immortal. I'm not immortal. So therefore, while we can do things and spend time together, Mm. you know, we're going to, so we're going to do maybe, you know, not a lot of traveling. We have uh, uh, grandchildren locally. And by the way, grandkids are the best. Mm.
0: They're God's reward for not killing your kids when they're teenagers. I need to keep hearing that because, you know, my kids are four and almost two and uh, four and going on 14, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we, uh, there are some times when my wife and I look at each other and wonder what we've done to ourselves. But, you know, it's also, it's also a beautiful thing. Well, you know, it's, it's being a parent was a gas. I mean, I,
1: as a teacher, I was old school, you know, you are in place of the parent. Yeah. And uh, I've told people, you know, when I taught. Retired, I miss a hundred percent of my students. Yeah, I miss ninety eight percent of the parents, none of the administrators. Mm. <laughs> For some reason, I always had trouble staying inside the lines, but mm. uh, but being a dad was absolutely cool. I have great kids. Mm. and I have you know fantastic grandkids. Now, they weren't perfect. you know, I and I w- was smart enough to know that kids will be kids. And not be perfect. But anyway, though, so uh, um, it's—but I enjoy working with
0: kids. And then being with the Naval Academy has allowed me to do that. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said about not staying within the lines. Mm -hmm. Is that that, uh, striving for uh, independence or maybe even the autonomy of leadership something you've always had? Have you always been a natural— a person who sees a hole and you'll, you'll step in and fill it. You know, I've always been the type of person that, that said, and maybe that, and I
1: think Bobby Kennedy was one that said, some people see what is and ask why I see what isn't and ask why not. Mm. And so, you know, there are times I, I, I try to do that. Uh, There are times my parents instilled in me somehow the idea to not blindly follow, Mm. And so, consequently, the ability to um, push has always been part of me. My mantra when I became mayor, I told people, I said, we need to be bold but not reckless. Mm. And there's a very, very distinct difference. So I've always tried to think outside the box. My wife drives her crazy sometimes because she'll say, why do you have to question everything? Mm. And I just say because that's me. Yeah. You know, I mean, now, you know, I'm accepting. You know, if I ask you a theological question and you mm. answer it, you know, I may ask you questions, but mm. at the end of the day, sure, you're the one that went to seminary, not sure. me. So I'm I I'm not the kind of person who says, Well, I know everything and I'm the ultimate arbiter, but yeah, I don't. I think questioning and pushing the envelope is important. Yeah. Everyone I know who's successful pushes the envelope.
0: A little bit the question is how far do you push it? Well now and I, and I can see too, especially different phases of life or different types of jobs if you are lower on the totem pole having that sort of personality can sometimes get you in trouble right yes and and it sounds like maybe you've had a couple of those stories yourself <laughs> Well uh, yeah I but I then had a, I had an out-of-school suspension as a kindergartner oh dear. <laughs> But but then then you get yourself into positions of authority, whether it's uh, being a teacher and um, uh, advocating for the sake of your students and for the sake mm-hmm. of your families. Um, but then you you step into you know public office, whether it's through being on a board, library or a council person, or then a mayor. And um, from the outside, it might seem like oh well now you're you're in charge, and so you're not uh, when when you get you get to ask questions, you get to kind of push the envelope, something mm-hmm. like that. But especially in a position like mayor, um, you've just taken on, you know, every single citizen as your boss at that point, yes. you know, and having to kind of. Um, uh, so then when you're pushing the envelope and questioning, it's actually maybe maybe you're coming under more ire. Oh, well, yeah. So, you know, one has to have a thick skin. But, you know, you have
1: to ask you have a duty. Mm. I have a duty as a mayor to ask the questions and to push the envelopes. You know the uh, the minute you stop doing that, you start dying, hmm. and so therefore, and I, you know I have two neighbors, families who are wonderful families. Uh, they're nothing spectacular. Uh, you know you're not going to see them at council meetings, but when I make a decision or I'm looking at an issue, I always say, you know. I think of those two families. Yeah. How would this and, affect my? How will this neighbors? affect? How would this affect my neighbors? Yeah. You know, would they see this as a prudent way to go, or you know, would they? Is the risk worth worth it? So consequently, but you know, now the the bad side to that is yes, when you're the mayor, you do draw the ire sure. uh, of more people, and that's been one of the political frustrations. But but I've gotten much more positive. Because people, when I was teaching, and people when I as mayor, understand that I'm trying to do things to make this place better. Hmm. You know, one of them, I have been so blessed my entire life to have mentors, mm. and you know, mentors don't disappear when you get out of school. You know, I have mentors right now here in town yeah. that, as as mayor, I can go to and. Um, you know, they all have. They've all taught me that uh, you need to make the place better, yeah. and you need to know what your role is on the team. Mm. My first big mentor always made that point. You know, not everybody's a quarterback. Not everybody's a tight end. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be in the first five. Yeah. So therefore, find your role in the team, and do that role the best that it can be done. You know, somebody this morning said, gosh, Skip, thank you for your service. You've done a wonderful job. And I said, I've not done a wonderful job. Our team has done a wonderful job. Mm. And, you know, sometimes she was, oh, yeah, well, this is this false modesty thing. No, I believe that. You know, when I said, just as I am is one of my favorite hymns. because I am the world's worst liar. Another reason why I could probably never be a national politician. <laughs> but, but the point is, I am part of a city team. Yeah. We are so lucky in this community to have city staff, city workers, community leaders who care deeply about this community. Mm. Now that doesn't mean we always agree. You know, there's no standing in a circle singing kumbaya all yeah. the time. But the point is I am part of a large team moving the city forward. That's one of the things I love about Sterling. Yeah. You know, we're we're not reactive here we're we're pro we tend to be very proactive progressive uh, the people of sterling you know you might get some
0: but when it comes to change the community has embraced it yeah you know there's a lot, there's a there's a big sentiment in this area and, and i've noticed it just being a, a fresh you know move here mm-hmm. just in the last 6 months but um, there's a big sentiment of people who really truly want to invest in this area sure. For, for the not just for the sake of what they find most comfortable or what they prefer but for the sake of the future of oh, this absolutely area. absolutely and you know and the thing is even those with whom I disagree
1: hmm. you know I haven't met anybody who woke up in the morning saying what can I do to screw up Sterling Illinois yeah yeah you know, we may not agree on a direction or on, on a given issue. But people are trying to move things forward. They're trying to, you know, they want a good place to live. They want safety. They want their families to enjoy being here. Yeah. So even those people, and, you know, I know it's hard for anybody to believe that I might have some critics, (laughs) but but even those who have been critical of me, you know, I know where their heart is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there have been those with whom I've had issues, Ninety-nine percent of the issue has been that they didn't listen to their mama when she taught them how to talk nice. Mm, you know, sure. it's not that they're—and and I've learned—one of uh, my biggest critics when we put the roundabout out here by Halo yeah, actually was a source of a great educational idea of about roundabouts. Mm, I don't think he intended that. Yeah. But the point is, so even from those with whom I may have a disagreement, I've learned from them. Sure. And so that's
0: a wonderful thing about, you know, mm. this community. Well, as you reflect back on your time as mayor, maybe what would you say would be your biggest challenge or maybe and on the other side, your biggest joy or your biggest sense of accomplishment during your your season as mayor. My biggest challenge has
1: been the political toxicity that we exist in now. Mm. You know, it's it's if you don't agree with me, You're my enemy. Mm. Uh, I don't want to take the time to educate myself. My opinion is fact, and therefore I'm right. Mm. You know, it's that whole attitude, and it's been exacerbated by social media. Sure. You know, it used to be if I thought you were dumb, I had to stand in front of you and tell you I thought you were stupid and then risk getting my eye blackened. Now it's too easy to sit at a keyboard
0: Mm.
1: and say, yes, the king's a fink. So you know that that toxicity of uh, the the splitting that we have is, is a real problem. You know, gripe, but don't do. Yeah. You know, I'm off. I I go into meetings many times and say, okay, let's do this as a starting point. Yeah. You know, there have been times I've said, oh, I know this isn't going to fly, but at least it's a starting point. Yeah. Okay, if you don't like. What I want to do, yeah. Then, by all means, let's refine my suggestion. You know, that's, and that's a lesson I think if all politicians at the state, and national level could take. You know, let's let's not talk so much about what divides us. Mm-hmm. Okay, where do we overlap? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's been the negative side. Mm. The positive side, which is much much greater, mm. has been um, I've seen it breaking down of silos. When I became mayor, it's it seemed to me, at least, that people shared information almost on a need-to-know basis. Hmm. And you'd have this leadership group here, this community group there. And in terms of knowing what each other was doing, on a general
0: standpoint, yeah. it wasn't there. It was more of a bunch of lone wolves taking right. care of their own little areas.
1: Right. And they were doing good
0: things. Yeah. I don't want to portray
1: them as, as evil, but— so what I did, for example, I have an economic development group that meets uh, regularly. And what, and that was the, the chamber, GSDC, Sterling Today, and Main Street in the city. And we all got together, talked about policy development, talked about what each organization was doing. That wasn't happening before I became mayor. And it, yeah. isn't, it isn't an Einstein idea. It's just, to me, common sense. But what happened is now we have an understanding of each other. We know each other, and by the communication, we can partner better.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so, you know, one of the true joys of having been mayor has been seeing the breakdown of silos. Uh, I've seen that uh, in a number of situations. We made real progress when I became when I got on the council eighteen years ago. Uh, we were spending around three hundred thousand dollars a year on road repair. Mm. This year, we're spending four point nine million. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we've so we've made really big strides. When I became— Yeah, the investment of infrastructure has become inf- a much bigger right. priority. It's Yeah, and, and we're putting our, our money where our mouth is. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. We've been saving for a sewer plant. That's going to be a $50 million project. Yeah. If we just waited until the last second, we were the grasshopper instead of the ant. Yeah. The impact on sewer bills would be phenomenal. And we've been putting money back. So the, the joy of being mayor has been that we've seen the infrastructure things work. We've seen the silos break down. We've made progress in virtually everything I can think of. The down, when, I, when I became mayor, I said my two biggest priorities were jobs and, the, and downtown. Mm. Well, we have the Main Street Organization, which does a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the job situation has improved greatly. Um, now, people are trying to find workers. Yeah, as as opposed to the opposite. So we we made progress there. The riverfront's coming along. Uh, our police and fire departments are better trained and better equipped. Yeah. Again, this isn't Skip Lee's
0: doing, but this is the community and this and the leadership team in the city. That's it's what done you've gotten this. to see during your time, which which makes me think too. As you reflect on your time as mayor. How- We've touched on a few of them already, but in what other ways has have you seen Sterling change or transform during your time as mayor? I, you know, I've seen uh, I've seen a reawakening of Sterling hmm.
1: when the Mill Lawrence Brothers and National all closed because yeah. we were the hardware capital of the United States. I think right. at one time there was a real feeling of what happens. What do we do now? Yeah. You know, how are we going to exist? And we went through some pretty rough times. The city got involved in the acquisition of the riverfront, and through the city's action, we helped save the mill. Yeah. So Sterling today exists because of the city's actions. Yeah. Uh, that was before me, and those four hundred jobs in that facility are working. Yeah. You know so. You know, I, I'm really seeing. I've seen a rebirth because people are now looking to the future, yeah, and saying, "What can we do to make you know to have people come back here? What can we do to get our kids to come back here?" Sterling School System has just started a Grow Your Own program for teachers. Mm. Fantastic! You know, that's a great idea. You know, the best people to sell on Sterling, Illinois, are those people who come from Sterling, Illinois. Yeah, let's give our people. Re- young people a reason to come back. Yeah, you know I always told my students when you graduate, go. Yeah, get out, see the good things, go to the big city, do do whatever, and then when you get to a certain age, bring those good ideas back here. Yeah, and let's do them here. You know there there been there were times as a kid that all the moving we did, I didn't really care for. Mm. Because you couldn't develop friends, and there are lots of whiny reasons I could give you why I didn't like them. But what it did do is it gave me the opportunity to experience a breadth of this country Mm. and of ideas and of ways of doing things and made me uh, resilient. Yes. Traits I could bring back here and apply. Yeah. So, yes, so I want our kids to go away. My son went to school in Chicago. Now he's back here as an attorney.
0: Mm.
1: He brought his experience from the city back with him. Yeah. And I've seen that all around. So, yeah. So we're, you know, I, I'm seeing a rebirth, a revibrance in Sterling. Mm. The next three to four years, we're going to see things at the riverfront. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at the Walmart,
0: mm-hmm. the new
1: Walmart uh, came mm-hmm. because of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but where the old Kmart was, that's yep. being redeveloped. Yep. Uh, there's more interest in the mall.
0: We're moving forward. Yeah, does that feel um, is that difficult to to hand off some of these these projects that you've been a part of the the initial steps of, but now you know that you're handing handing over the responsibility and the office of mayor to someone else who may in three or four years you know, get clapped on the back for the good things that maybe you were a part of kind of planting the seeds for. Is that a difficult thing? No. Absolutely not. Well, because number one, it's not about me. Okay. Okay. And I, I tell
1: people I've got enough of a resume. It's bigger than my tombstone can hold. Um, Number one, I have great confidence in the leadership of city staff Hmm. and where they're going. I have great confidence in the people of Sterling that the ball is rolling. Hmm. Um, now, the fact that there may not be a, a skip lee was here sign, I don't care.
0: Mm.
1: What matters to me is that ten years from now, people look and say, wow, what a great place to be. Um, you know, yes, people there are people who will know that I was part of the planning, but that's true of everybody. Yeah. You know, I it's like with your kids. You know, at the end of the day, what you really care about is that you prepared them to be successful and that they move on and become productive, good people. Yeah. You don't have to have somebody clap you on the back and say, great job. Yeah. The product is it. So, no, for me to hand it off, uh, Mayor-elect uh, uh, Merdian is a wonderful young lady. Mm. Uh, she'll do a good job. There's a good counsel. You know, when, uh, when a uh, starter on the basketball team sprains his ankle, in a good team, number six steps up, and they keep going on. That's the same thing here. You take one mayor out, you put another mayor
0: in, and the the show keeps going and on. The
1: show we have the built the show has been built to keep
0: going. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not about me. Hmm. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. 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 Uh, that sentiment of just it, it, it's clear that for you the focus is on our community. The focus is on the people who are here and the. The future prospects of this community. And so transitioning as, as you've lived and worked here in the Sauk Valley area, and we can focus in on Sterling or even broaden it to the the wider Sauk Valley area. What, what would you say is missing in our area or what would be something that you would want changed?
1: Well, you know, we, we still have many issues to confront. Hmm. Uh, affordable housing is a real issue. Hmm. Now it's not a Sterling issue. Now that's the interesting thing. I I told the the incoming mayor, I said, you will never look at a town the same way again. When I travel through a city, I'm looking at the infrastructure. Yeah. I'm looking at the economics and the signs of economic development. Um, You know, I can never go to a city again like I used to and just go to the coffee shop and have coffee. Um, But I, you
0: know, I I really, um, you know, I'm,
1: now I lost my train
0: of thought. That's what happened when you said That's okay. We were talking about what, what would be something that you think
1: is missing oh, from thank our area. You. So anyway, though, the affordable housing is a real issue. Uh, when we talk to developers now, the cost of housing is such that they say, well, you know, I need to get 1000 to 1300 a month. Yeah. The demographics of this area, that doesn't work. Right. You know, so we, we have housing. The other thing is child care. Yeah affordability, and availability. Now, my yeah. son is a stay-at-home dad because all of his paycheck plus would have gone for child care. Yeah. So he chose, he and his wife chose to have him stay home, mm-hmm. and he's raising the two semi-feral grandchildren. <laughs> but the point is, you know, if if you want to work or you're a single parent, yeah, finding child care is really an issue. Yeah. And if I work second shift, 3 to 11, yep. it's virtually impossible. Right. Plus the cost. And, and it's not that, you know, people aren't gouging. If anything, we need to spend more money on, on child care. Right. But it's just, it's not there. So we're still working strongly on that. Uh, the new mayor has a strong interest in child care availability, as well as uh, the chamber has been working on that. GSTC is working on housing. So we're making progress, just not as fast as I'd like. Mm. Mm. And, you know, and bringing back, you know, again, people want retail, want different experiences, trying to bring them here.
0: Yeah. But it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. Well, and even even just in the the six months that I've been here, um, I've seen lots of Kind of uh, momentum and stuff in the retail space, in the mm-hmm. you know businesses moving into the area with the mall, with the other developments you've talked about. Even over in Dixon, there's you know uh, new national chains moving in and stuff. And sure. um, it, it it does seem to be kind of be an exciting time for the Sauk Valley. Oh, I think um, so very definitely. And these, you know, the- these few years right after the pandemic, oh. things seem to be picking up. Well, and you know, in the pandemic, I I, I compared the pandemic to. When
1: you let a kid into a candy store and say whatever you want, you can eat, and then all of a sudden he eats too much and we know what happens, and yeah. And then it's getting back to normal. The pandemic was us irping mm-hmm. and now we're trying to figure out what the new normal mm-hmm. is going to be in mm-hmm. every facet of our society. You know, whether it's churches trying to figure out, you know, how do we get people back in the church, right? Uh whether it's You know, getting people working from home. Yeah, you know, I'm amazed at how remote working now has just been. Yeah, that's part of the deal. Yeah. Whereas five years ago, yeah, uh, employees would have
0: (laughs) no Mm -hmm. way, Jose. Yeah. So my wife and I, we experienced that ourselves. With our our daughter is uh, four now, and when she was first born, uh, both my wife and I, we we worked at the church together in California, and. We would do the thing where we'd schlep along the baby, and come into the <laughs> office with us. And and we had the, the benefit of a employer, of a boss who gave us the grace to have a little bassinet in my wife's sure. office and stuff. And, oh, yeah, sure. And, you know, but her and I would have to work out meeting schedules and who's right. going to have the baby now. Well, then when the pandemic happened and everyone's home and then we get back into the office a little bit, but we had our second child. Well, then we just said, well, it's actually easier if we just work from home with the kid. And by that point from home work became the norm. And so our boss was like, well, yeah, just make it work. If you, you know, and so then my wife would do the thing where we would take turns working from home, you know, where mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go into the office in the morning, I'd come home and high five her on the way out the door so that I could right. take over with the baby in the afternoon and she'd be on her way out and stuff, you know, and that has become just an, in, in just, I mean, my kids are only two years apart in that short amount of time. It went from, I, I would never think to ask well, can I just work from home? Cause I have a baby. Oh no, you, you bring them along, you know, mm-hmm. to then just two years later, oh, well, why would you ever bring your baby into the office? It's so much easier just to just, they have their nap schedule, all the kind of stuff that even as young families and stuff are realizing right. Right. that the, the world has changed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's lots of businesses and stuff too that have realized, oh, well if I'm going to have someone work from home for their job, then I don't need to have all this office space anymore. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well then actually, you know, while I'm at it, maybe I am going to move closer to my family because I can still do my job remotely. Right. But I'm going to be closer to my parents or closer to my grandkids or, you know, things like that. And it really has changed the nature of uh, proximity in, in work. Absolutely. If you talk to the major employers here in Sterling, uh, it's you know,
1: some of their their people are are literally all over the country. Yeah. And you know, there are and as we go through this we'll fine tune it. Yeah. You know? How do how do we keep Skipley productive at home? Yeah. At the same level he will be in, yep. in there. Now, there are a lot of I think old myths. Just because I was in the office for eight hours didn't mean I was being productive for eight hours. Sure. There have been some interesting studies on that. Sure. So but, you know, what it's done is it's put us in a mode of change. Now, you know, I can remember a day that I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you're hacking and dragging yourself along the floor. Get, get your here. butt into work. Yeah. Get here, yeah. Now people are saying, hey, if you're coughing, hacking, not feeling good, okay, stay home. Stay home. Check your email. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we need and, and we need to have done that. Yeah. You know, as a teacher, I had a great immune system. Yeah. <laughs> But, so anyway, so now, yes, the ability to be flexible is something that's coming, I mm. think is
0: becoming better, and it's good. yeah, yeah, well, then as you as you look in our our Sauk Valley area, what what are the types of things that get you excited or, or or give you hope? What do you love about this community? You know what what I love about this community
1: now is what I loved about this community when I came, mm. and it's the people. Mm-hmm. We have good people here, you know. Like I said, they accepted me. You know, here I'm this weird California surfs-up dude type who came here. I was never the pretty boy. But, uh, you know, they accepted me. And they, they you know, the people here are good people. You know, yes, sometimes they make boneheaded decisions, and we all do that. We all do that, But, yeah. you know, when you look at the typical family in Sterling, they love their family. Yeah. They want the best Uh yeah, you know, I don't know anybody who wakes up in the morning and says, "Oh, I'm going to really screw up my family or my yeah. world today." Um, so that, and I, and I look with, at the youth. You know, I have an opportunity. The great thing about being mayor is I get to go into the schools as a person. I'm not the rule enforcer. You know, that's mm. the, that was the one part of being a teacher yeah. that I I did, but I never really liked being the butt kicker. Hmm. Uh, I could do it when I had to do it, but as mayor, I can go in and enjoy these kids for what they are. We have a mentor program through the Sterling Public School System, and I've been a part of that since the beginning. And it's great. You go in and you see these young kids. Uh, I see the CEO program through the high school, and I say, you know, the kids I work with for the Naval Academy, we have a lot of great kids out there. You know, and it's that's my hope for the future. Yeah, because again, I want my grandchildren and my great grandchildren to grow up in a good world. Yeah, you know, and I and I see, and that is coming. Yeah. I mean, we have we have a lot of talent in this area. Mm. Uh, I enjoy the way of life here. You know, I'm I'm really a pretty boring person. You know, I'm a i am I spend most of my time if I'm not in an official capacity somewhere, I'm at home. Yeah, I like being at home. I like reading. I like playing my instruments. I love being with my wife and my family when they're around. Um, I have my mini orchard going, you know, though I hate squirrels because oh. <laughs> they raid my crops. But the point is, you know, I I love the the way of life here. Sure. And as you and I talked, you know, the, the lifestyle in California now is so— frenetic and so
0: tightly wound. Well, we feel that even, even if you head into, into Chicago, you know, it's, it's any of these, these larger communities where it seems like there's a, the base level of stress and trying to keep up with the Joneses, the Smiths, the Julios, whoever you you decide that you're trying to keep up with. That just is higher. Right. As a base level. Right. And then you add on top of that work stress, family stress, financial stress, Whereas out here in Sterling and Rock Falls and Dixon area, um, there, there is a, um, in my experience moving here just in the last six months, I've felt a, a bigger ability to actually just take a deep breath. Yes. And, yes. and, it, and it has nothing to do with air quality it has nothing to do. It, it's mm-hmm. about, it's about base level stress. People are just a little bit more relaxed here right? compared to the big cities. People are a little bit more willing to pause and visit and spend the extra 15 minutes catching up together. They're not always in a rush to the next thing, you know? And, and, and that, that truly I think does contribute to an overall quality of life that we get to um, enjoy here where people, people like to be with each other. People like to invest in this community so that we have more opportunities to be with each other. um, And um, there's less of the uh, just hurried pace. Right. You know, it's there.
1: As your kids get into high school. Sure. You know, traveling squads have destroyed high school athletics, in my mm, opinion. But be mm. it as it may, because it's the whole, oh, I've got to be, yeah. you know, it's, I'm the next great softball player, and I'm yeah. going to be on a team and going every week all the time. Yeah. So there, there can be that that we need to guard against. Yeah. But you're exactly right. Out here, uh, there is more of an opportunity. Now, we're still Midwestern. Yeah. The minute the weather turns, everybody goes inside their house. Yeah. And they don't emerge until yeah. Groundhog Day. Yep. But uh, yes, there is, there is less of that frenetic constantly on feeling yeah. out here. Yeah. And, and I like that. You know, I don't need to have a Starbucks on every corner. Mm. You know, it's uh um as mayor I'd like to because that means more money. Maybe. Sure. But uh but yeah, it's the lifestyle out here. I love this community. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's not the Smoky Mountains where my dad's family comes from from a uh scenery standpoint. Sure. But but on the other hand You know, to be able to go out at night, look at the stars. Yeah. A few years ago, I hosted a gentleman from Zimbabwe. He was the mayor of the second largest city in Zimbabwe. And I said, what would you like to do? He said, I'd like to go out for a walk. Yeah. So we went and walked around Kilgore Park. I did Mm. more walking, I think, in one night than this fat body had done in six months. (laughs) But... At home in Zimbabwe, he couldn't do that. Yeah. Because if he had, he would have been assassinated. Yeah. You know, he talked about how he had to have a security
0: force
1: with him. So, I mean, sometimes out here, we're the victim of our own success. We don't realize just what we have. Yeah, You know, for a community of 15,000 to be taking on the riverfront like we are. Yep. To be doing what we're doing with infrastructure. Yep. You travel across the country and... 15,000 population cities aren't doing the kinds of things we do here. No. And we do them well enough that people don't understand how blessed we are. Sure. Whenever we have a a blizzard, you know, within 24 hours, we're 90% back to normal. Absolutely, yeah. And people don't realize, I've lived places where, yeah, let's make that more like 72 hours before you're back to normal.
0: Well, I even had friends in Kansas City. They had a, a pretty bad ice storm a couple years ago the entire city was shut down for five days oh, yeah. and that's Kansas city. Yep. Yeah. That's a you know, talk about infrastructure, talk about taxpayer dollars, talk about, you know, departments upon departments upon departments yeah, yeah. to be able to, you know, clear roads and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it is a thing where we, we have a, a, a can do attitude around here. People roll up their sleeves, get involved in the community. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: And we need to, we need to remember how blessed we are Yeah, compared to 90% of the world. Yeah, We are so incredibly blessed here uh, that we we need to constantly be remembered or remember that. You know, to me, the, somebody said, you know, what is, you know, what are the most important traits for a human being to have? And one of the top ones in my book has always been gratitude. Hmm. Be grateful. Now, life isn't unicorns and, and rainbows.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'll tell you what, I've, you know, I've been to parts of Appalachia, that I looked at and mm-hmm. I said, Holy cow, these poor people. Yeah. You know, so we are incredibly lucky here. I have been blessed more than I could have ever dreamed of. Yeah. You know, I once said I've been blessed more than I deserved. And a theologian, a minister disagreed with me very angrily. He said, you know, God wants you to be blessed abundantly and there is no limit to yeah. what you deserve. Well, okay, that that may be. And I'm not haven't sure, been to yeah, seminary. So that's another discussion. But yeah, I've my family and I have been incredibly blessed mm. here in Sterling, Illinois. Yeah. And uh as much as I love the Smokies and I get down there two, three times a year, uh, this is where my roots are and this is where they'll plant me someday.
0: Yep. And even though the the uh the end uh finish line is in sight for your tenure as mayor, you and your wife, you're not going anywhere. You're still gonna be here in the community. So um if, if folks would want to get in, in touch with you or connect with something that you're involved with in the future, you kind of gave us some hints of stuff. Where would you point people if, if they wanted to get in touch with you and connect with you uh, over some of your new ventures coming up?
1: Well, you know, they can always find me on Facebook. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm on there. Um, my number is in the book. Yep. Um, now, if it's a city matter after May 1st, uh, you know, the 632 6621 mayor's office. Deb Dillow is a phenomenal executive assistant. Mm. Uh, She is the most valuable employee in the city of Sterling. Wow. And I mean, she is so organized. Shout out to Deb. She helps people, you know, find the right ones to connect with, because that's another part of my job. Yeah. You know, somebody calls, my job isn't as much to solve their problem as to get them to somebody who can help them solve their problem. Yeah. And so... But yes, on Facebook, my phone number's been out in the public view for a long, long time. I'm always available. I like people. Yeah. You know, I I really do enjoy people. And uh, uh, I've always been the rooter for the underdog.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, um, I really appreciate it, uh, Skip, for you spending your time with us today and and getting to know you myself a little bit, but also just sharing your story with us today. So thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, it's fantastic.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, until next time on the Sock Valley Spotlight, I'm your host, Drew Williams, and let's keep finding the beauty of this place we call home.